0: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Friday, January 21st, the end of the week. Uh, And a Friday card that is a little bit abnormal, a little atypical, isn't it, in terms of the size. Uh, This is definitely a bigger slate than we're accustomed to on a Friday. But we won't complain. More games equals more opportunities, hopefully, to make some money. And we have eight games uh, in NHL action uh, on this Friday night. Uh, Looking forward to it. Alex B. Smith along with me. Andrew McGinnis momentarily as well. Before we get into Friday's card, we'll look back briefly on Thursday. I'm just going to highlight a couple of games. We won't go through every one. There was a lot. Uh, Nashville bounced back 5-2. I'll briefly mention that. Colorado took care of business against LA 4-1, although the Kings kind of bad luck in that game. They played a pretty good hockey game and just could not solve Darcy Kemper, who is a brick wall. Uh, in net and the avalanche seemed like every chance they got, they scored. So kind of a tough one if you're the Kings there, but Colorado finds a way to win four to one uh, in that game, Seattle. I kind of, I like them last night. I said, watch, they got a win against uh, Chicago in a shootout, maybe a little momentum and a little positive vibes coming from that. And they can carry that over to San Jose. They did that with a three, two win another gutty effort from Montreal. They lose an overtime four, three. I don't know if they're going to survive much longer though. Letting, Samuel Montembeau get peppered with 50 shots on goal, though. That's now happened in back-to-back games. you got to shore that up in a hurry uh, if you're Montreal. But he has been terrific. He's given them a chance. Unfortunately, they fall short 4-3 last night in overtime. Columbus escapes past Philly 2-1 in a surprisingly dull, low-event, low-scoring game there between those two. Wild one with Ottawa-Pittsburgh. 6-4, Pittsburgh beats Ottawa. Um, look, I'm not, ashamed. I'm not at all one bit pissed off or angry or say you know what I shouldn't have bet that when it comes to my thought process yesterday with Ottawa first period full game look they dominated the first period and it seemed like everything Pittsburgh threw at the net went in you know but Ottawa just had 20 shots in the first period and Pittsburgh was not good at all in my opinion in that first period unfortunately but they're up 3-1 so it looks like they played great but Ottawa kind of unfortunate and the goaltending let them down it was not a good night for the Anton Forsberg Philip Gustafson combination uh, in net and the game ends up flying over the total and Pittsburgh uh, escapes with not at their best game off that long road trip and I was worried about that spot for them but they find a way good teams do that when they don't play their best and they still get past the Ottawa Senators 6-4 Dallas in a wild one against Buffalo 5-4 didn't start out well uh, but they definitely uh, battled back Uh, Power play was on fire last night for the Dallas Stars, got him back in the game, and eventually the win, uh, 5-4. And salute to, uh, of course, uh, Jack Quinn for the Buffalo Sabres, getting his first NHL goal. Kid's going to be a good player, I think, in this league. Very skilled, very talented. Uh, We'll see if he can keep it going for the Sabres. They fall to Dallas 5-4. Much-needed win for Dallas. They couldn't have afforded back-to-back losses against two of the worst teams in the NHL. And Boston. Uh, a 4 3 win over Washington uh, last night. Disappointed. My best bet was the first period puck line on Boston. It ends up 1 1. Uh, and I like the reg, and I did bet Boston in regulation too. I wish I had used that as the best bet instead. But nevertheless, good win for Boston and very, very unfortunate for them. Brad Marchand uh, laid out with a hit there, uh, unfortunately, by Hathaway uh, in that game. Garnet Hathaway hit him in a very, very vulnerable position. Uh, and now Marshawn is going to be out for a period of time and uh, unfortunate loss for the Bruins, considering how well he's been playing of late. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on uh, what we saw on Thursday night? Well, I mean, we got to start
2: with, with Boston, Washington. Obviously, the hits that we saw in that game, we saw Tom Wilson with a, a humongous hit that was actually a clean hit for once. Uh unfortunately, the player got injured for Boston. And, you know, I kind of went on a mini rant on Twitter. And it was kind of just, you know, leading into what we talked about forever about, you know, mostly how people on hockey Twitter, it, it tends to be people, you know, our age and younger that kind of cries about every hit, especially involving Tom Wilson saying that, oh, he should have been, you know, you know, given the five minutes of the game, his conduct should be getting a suspension, the idea, It's like, no, this is a clean hit. This is one time where you cannot fault him. Uh, because the player able to drop past, guy had his head down and he got smoked. Like you know, you break cardinal rules. You gotta keep your head up at all yeah, times. That,
0: I agree with that, Alex. That was a clean hit. That was Anton Bleed, by the way, the uh, defenseman uh-huh. that got hit for the Bruins. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. We scream and we yell about Tom Wilson, oh dirty and a backstabber. And someone who's uh, cheap tactics on the ice, you can't say anything about that. Right.
2: Now, conversely, the hit that Hathaway put on, on Brad Marchand, that was a hit from behind that should have been called for a penalty in the game. I don't know about any further disciplinary action, but now they're going to have to do something because everyone's in an uproar about it. No, the refs should have made a call there. That should have been two or five minutes for, for boarding or a, a check from behind. And you serve the penalty and, and move on with it. And it just, you know, plays into the inconsistency we keep seeing from the referees. If there is a suspension, you know, it's going to be now inconsistencies once again from player safety department. And uh, it's just infuriating as a fan to keep seeing these things happen over and over again. And, you know, I said on another program, I said, if these were flip flopped, if Hathaway had that hit early, We've been seeing that all night looped on, on SportsCenter, probably a top 10 play. What a big hit. And if it had been Wilson that hit Marshawn from behind, he'd have got five in a game. We'd be talking about him possibly getting a 20-game suspension. You know, and, and it's just crazy how that that bias is, is with player safety. And, and, you know, I get it. Yes, you've earned his reputation and what what have you. But like you said, you got to call it, you know, how you see it. That was a clean hit. Respected as a clean hit. When he does hit somebody dirty, then that's when the outrage needs to to be shown. But for everybody that was just jumping all of a sudden, just saying, "Oh, you know, Tom Wilson's a scumbag and this and that." No, that was actually clean hit for for once in a change.
0: Definitely. It was, there's no question. Anton bleed forward, by the way, I misspoke. He's not a defenseman. He's a forward. So, but either way, it was a clean hit. Uh, Tom Wilson with, uh, that, uh, hit, it was clean. And now, unfortunately the other hit, uh, you could not not as clean, that's for sure, uh, against Marshawn. And now he'll be out for a, a period of time. And, uh, Boston again, uh, bouncing back after just a debacle, as we mentioned on Carolina. He figured it would be a better effort, and they delivered that. Just wish they had been up after the first period; would have been even better. Uh, but I digress. Um, anything else last night you want to mention, Alex? From last night, oh, oh I, I forgot can... to mention one. Of course, I forgot to mention it. Edmonton. How did the, of the All the games I skipped, <laughs> I forgot to mention Edmonton. Yeah. And look, I said it on Twitter after the game. When a team's in a rut, it's like a bottomless pit. They can't find the light at the end of the tunnel. You have a game like last night. You have a game like last night where you couldn't have played a better first period if you're Edmonton. The energy was there. They carried the play. They were all over Florida. They just couldn't find a goal, and it got out of the first period scoreless. And Florida's very fortunate they got out of that first period scoreless. And the minute Florida got that first goal, you could just see the – Confidence being crushed all over again for Edmonton. You can see the mental psyche just collapse right in front of our very eyes. And that's when the onslaught started. So it's amazing. It's like Edmonton said, we're playing great, great start. And what do we have to show for it? We give up the first goal. And it's like, they just, their spirits were just, you know, crushed at that point. And they never truly rebounded from that Florida took over the game. It's a fragile hockey team. That's when you see stuff like that. When you're a good hockey team and you have confidence, you need to be a team that, hey, you give up a goal, you're, you're one nothing there, Florida, there's no need to panic. We've had a great start to this game. It was a great first period. We came out with the right mindset. We came out with the right energy. We gave up the first, yeah, it sucks. We've been the better team so far in this game. And what do we have to show for it? We're down one nothing. That sucks. But it's not one of those situations where you just crumble mentally. You've got to be strong. You've got to, be, to get past it you got to focus on the next shift and you've got to park that and get it behind you and say we're doing a lot of good things here this the game's only one nothing you know we just got to keep playing hard we got to do, make the right plays with the puck we've still got to be aggressive uh, in the offensive zone we have to do all of those things and you just didn't see it from edmonton that one goal that they gave up that first goal to florida they were never the same team after that you know, Florida started to get better. Edmonton started to panic, and oh, woe is us! We've we're on this losing streak. We've played well tonight, but we give up the first goal. Up, we're fucked. That's really what it felt like to me watching that game. Up, we're done. We're yep. fucked. We can't bounce back. We we gave it our best there, all over them in the first period, but couldn't score. Now we're down one nothing. We've lost our shot to win this game. That is a fragile bunch, confidenceless as soon as something bad happens it's like the snowball rolling down the hill things only get worse and i don't know what you can do alex if you're edmonton to try to shake out of this but this is a very fragile team and the confidence is at an all-time low at the moment
2: yeah that's what i was going to mention i was gonna mention that game and and it kind of tied in with that kings colorado game where two instances of where a team had a ton of shots on goal and just couldn't do anything with it but like i said completely different mindsets where mentioned they're not 411 and 2 since right before thanksgiving i mean i think it's more than just confidence shaking i think this, this is just a uh, a mediocre hockey team right now as well they've got the two good stars but they're not getting lineup you know production like they were at the beginning of the season the defense is shaky we know about the the issues with in net with the three to goalies that they have so Yet they're kind of shaking out the way that that I think we kind of thought what could happen. You know, I think at the beginning of the year we said there could be either a a massive upturn and they become the Stanley Cup contenders they've been trying to be for years, or they do what they're doing right now, which is kind of just hang around the middle of the road. Didn't expect other teams in that Pacific Division to be any better. But they've got some serious issues. And like I said, a lot of it now is mental. Uh, That could be any team in the league. You get 40 shots or more on goal and you don't score once. Uh, that can affect you, that can hang around for a long time, that's minus uh, having a losing streak, so I don't know what to expect now from Edmonton at this point, the, you know, the next game they have is tomorrow night, against their rivals with Calgary, <laughs> I would imagine that's going to be a, a, a barn burner on all levels, because obviously those two teams hate each other, and they need to win desperately, more than usual, not just because it's their rival, not just because it's a division game at home, so uh, a rough times for the, for the oil right now, but the LA Kings was the other game I wanted to talk about. They they played their butts off. They gave a you know A plus not to A plus effort, but they gave it an A A minus effort against Colorado's B plus, you know, C plus effort. Yep. Colorado's just a better team and they found ways to score I And mean, what really broke their back was when they had that uh power play. Goal! As soon as the power play ends, you, you got uh, uh Kubel getting down right out of the box, gets a breakaway and scores. That that was pretty much the, the the death knot for LA at that point. You can't afford to have turnovers and breakdowns in those kind of spots against any team in this league, but especially the Colorado Avalanche. They will bury you nine and a half times out of ten if you give them uh, uh, bad turnovers and, and open look chances and breakaways. So you know LA. I think they keep doing what they're doing. It was it was still a worthy bet at plus one sixty. It just would have been nice to to see that cash. But Colorado finding ways to win these tough games, and like I said, that's a big. I think that's a big step for them moving forward. We we know they can win the eight nothing's and the seven one games. They can blow anybody out of the water. But getting that two nothing win on the road against Anaheim, and now getting a gritty win where they took advantage of these chances against L. A. Those are the wins that are going to stand out more when they get to be a playoff team. If they're trying to win the Central Division, make a run to the Stanley Cup, It's those are the kind of games you're going to have in late spring, early summer. You're not going to have a lot of those 7-1 blowouts that we saw in the beginning of October and November.
0: No, I mean, they had wins against where they came back from a deficit to beat Toronto. They had a 7-1 win against Winnipeg. And you would hear the coaching staff Jared and Jared Bednar in particular, not say a peep about wow, what a great win this was and how happy he was with his team's performance. You know what I heard after that two-nothing, that little old two-nothing win the other night against Anaheim? Man, I'm proud of this team. What a great win. He he was more happier and impressed and proud of the two-nothing win against Anaheim compared to some of those comeback wins against the Leafs, big blowout win against the Jets. So it's pretty funny to hear him talk like that. That hey, the little two-nothing win against Anaheim was more impressive to him. Uh, and rightfully so, because, look, you're not going to be able to score five, six, seven, especially come playoff time in every game. going to have to find a way, if you don't get the offense, to still find a way to win those type of games like they did the last two against the Ducks and the Kings. Very unfortunate for the Kings. They played a hell of a game last night and uh, just uh, couldn't beat Darcy Kemper very strong uh, in that, in that game. And that's two nights in a row against Tampa and Colorado, where it's been a good effort from the Kings and maybe deserved a little bit better fate. Uh, in those two contests uh clearly andrew mcginnis who's now with us on the show is working harder than we are because the reason why you're not seeing him on video is he's got some work to do in the background so uh nevertheless we've got andrew with us via audio for those of you that are watching on youtube here today with the show obviously the podcast if you're listening to it won't matter you'll still get to hear andrew uh throughout the show uh, andrew welcome in uh what did you think of uh, what we saw thursday night what's up guys yeah i definitely didn't want to miss today's episode
1: i'm going to be uh traveling back home this weekend. So I won't be around tomorrow, maybe on Sunday. Uh, But yeah, yesterday, interesting day in the NHL. Um, I'll start with my team, I guess, you know, Uh, Montembo, a guy, you know, that I think a lot of people were, were shitting on and, and and ripping on and talking about his goals against average. Look, I've said it and I'll say it again. Goaltenders stats. A lot of the time depend on how good the team is. Unless you're named Carrie price or or some really all-star goaltenders, you need to have a good team around you, and so when people were starting their smack talk of the Canadians, when they were starting it with making fun of Sam Montembeau, doesn't make any sense. Every write-up and report, even from betters, was about Montembeau being bad. He's not that bad. The defense was just horrible. Uh, so This guy stopped stopping like still 40- is, to be honest. Oh, of course, yeah, it's, it still is. But but, but, I, but I did say on the show to you that Montembeau isn't isn't the problem you know, and everybody was giving him a hard time. So, you know, tough to see that overtime loss, but happy to see that fight from them. And what did I say yesterday on the show with you guys? Uh, when I referenced uh, Mr. Covers, Teddy Covers, anybody that looked at that game that, that didn't think that the Oilers would give us a good effort, that the, the bet would have been the Florida Panthers. You know, I was just happy. I was able to live bet over five and a half. I was actually able to get it at a book in Canada for plus two Wow. Uh, over five and a half live. I'm sure a
0: ton of people jumped on some kind of live over, yeah. especially after yeah. the first period. I, I did think.
1: get lucky though. I mean, Sam Bennett getting that goal late. I mean, the fact that that game got over five and a half was pretty lucky, but yeah. realistically there were so many chances and guys, uh, Chris Otto, he tweeted this out at me as well, but I don't always love seeing people kind of bring up the money puck stuff or the natural stat trick, but I couldn't believe it. You knew, You guys know that the Oilers were expected to win that game in the advanced analytics. That to me is yeah. ridiculous. The Oilers were supposed to win that game 3.94 to 3.5 expected goals, all situations. That's actually hilarious. Like I could not believe that guys. Um, that goes to show that how many chances they were able to, uh, to create great goaltending from Florida. Um, what else here? Uh, happy to hit my best bet or, or one of the players I gave out yesterday with the jets and predators um, five, two game for the Preds. They get back on track. So that goes over five and a half. If you end up betting six, you got that. And the avalanche, I talked about it. They had a slow game uh, a couple nights ago who they play before the Kings. I can't remember, but yeah, the ducks, they, they just barely beat them, but then they go ahead and, and, uh, you know, get it going and cover that puck line for me with the avalanche. So it was a pretty good night for me. I went three and one. My only loser was Dallas puck line. And, uh, you know, if you had them in regulation, you better go buy a lotto because uh, what a
0: comeback that was from them late in the game, guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dallas is uh, that was evidence too to me that Dallas is not a team I'm looking to back on the road again anytime soon. We're very fortunate to escape uh, out of there. It wouldn't shock me if Detroit beats them tonight, to be honest. I didn't bet that game. We'll get to that, but. Uh, I ain't laying anything with Dallas on the road. Even again, Detroit, the the one thing about Detroit is they've been good at home this year, especially of late. So that's a dangerous game tonight. If they're life and death to beat Buffalo last night like they were, uh, Detroit better be ready uh, for this Red Wings team. They've been playing tough at home. To back to back as well for Dallas, so yeah, there's still issues with that Stars team for sure. All right, let's go to Friday. We've got, like we said, eight games, which is not typical for a Friday. So lots of games, lots of opportunities. We start with a great matchup in the Eastern Conference here: New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes. We've got Carolina minus two ten home favorite, six the total uh, in this one. Uh, we've got uh, the Hurricanes coming off a very, very impressive, thorough showing against the Boston Bruins, seven to one, a beat down over Boston. Uh, the other night on Willie O'Ree's ceremony night, uh, just everything that went wrong for Boston uh, that night defensively, multiple breakdowns in their own end, leading to Carolina goals, uh, a 7 to 1 onslaught in that game. Uh, it looked like a little bit of everybody got involved in the scoring. Yasperi uh, caught Kanyemi, even who's not had a great season there, but he had two goals uh, in that first period. Tara Vinen got on the score sheets, uh, Seth Jarvis got a goal, Derek Stepan. The veteran uh, found the back of the net. The re- late recently returned Jacob Slavin scored a power play goal. So did Andre Svechnikov. So it was everybody contributing for the Hurricanes uh, in that one. Now they'll take on this uh, Rangers team coming off a very impressive comeback of their own. Didn't start well against Toronto Wednesday night. They come back to win six to three uh, in that game. So they will look to build on it here uh, in that one. Uh, Hurricanes on an impressive 11 and three run in their last 14 games. They've played outstanding hockey. And uh, you know, initially, I did look at the Rangers at the plus price here and say I'm kind of interested. But we got our guy Georgiev in net tonight for the New York Rangers, and I don't want to say they can't win with him in net, but there obviously is a difference between him and Igor Shesterkin right now. And Georgiev, on his best night, can be every bit as good. We've seen that from time to time from him. You know, he played well. Uh, you know, when you look at Georgiev's numbers, uh, you know he he's played well at times. You know, against the L.A. Kings, they lost that game, but he played well. He only gave up two goals on 38 shots. But you look at the Vegas game on that road trip, he didn't play as well uh, in that game. Five goals allowed and a 5-1 loss to the Golden Knights. So that's just in his last two starts. So it goes to show you, one night he's great, one night he's not so good. And you're facing a Carolina team that, again, we know offensively what they're capable of. Uh, We see what they have done since that. I think that shutout, by the way, that they suffered at home uh, against uh, Columbus kind of woke them up again because they were very, very solid start to finish complete game in a four, one win against Vancouver. And then they crushed uh, Boston, uh, by a score of seven to one, in that game, you got a Carolina team that still for the year is averaging, uh, on their home ice, 3.65 goals per game. The Rangers kind of got away with one against the Leafs. They gave up a ton of great scoring chances, a lot of shots. They were not as tight defensively as they normally are, and they needed Igor Shesterkin to bail them out a little bit, especially in the third period against Toronto. You know, if they give up that kind of quality tonight on the road in Carolina with Georgiev tending the twine, I think it could be a little bit more trouble for the Rangers. I do have a bet here, Carolina team total uh, over three and a half. Uh, I don't necessarily think, after what I saw from the Ranger defense the other night, that they are a team that is definitely going to be able to lock down this Carolina team, especially going to Georgiev and Net. I think that's probably the best way to approach it, is Carolina team total uh, over three and a half tonight in this one. Alex, any thoughts here, Rangers and Hurricanes?
2: Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Susterkin and in, in Net for the Rangers tonight. But even with Georgiev... I'm still riding with this uh, Rangers team, and this is this goes back a long, long time. If you've watched this show, if you watch anything I've been on, you know that if the Rangers and Carolina are playing, it's a really, really good chance I'm on the Rangers. And we could throw out the three games that they had in a, the playoff series that was in the bubble of 2020. Carolina did get the sweep there. And keep in mind, that was Shostakovich who was supposed to be starting. It was his rookie year, but he was coming off of having that weird, like minor car accident thing. And then, of course, with the layoff as well, he didn't get a chance to play in that and uh the rangers just never had a chance in any of those three games so when you subtract that rangers are 37 and 12 uh, in the last 49 regular season meetings between these two teams. That goes back a lot of ways. We're talking about a lot of p- personnel changes, a lot of coaching changes. It doesn't matter if it's in Raleigh or if it's in Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have just dominated this team for whatever reason. And more often than not, the Rangers were underdogs in all these spots. It, it seems like I'm looking back at the history, I think the, the uh, Carolina had only been favored maybe twice in the last of the 15 meetings. Uh, so the books haven't adjusted to it for whatever reason. There's no real rhyme to it. Especially even now, this is a great Hurricanes team. The uh, Rangers are just as good, too. But uh, it's it's a, it's a uh, even matchup, in my opinion, with these two teams are playing at full strength. And so even with No. Sturkin, I like the Rangers here in this spot. I like the the way they were able to bounce back after that uh, with that win against Toronto, getting down 3-1 and coming back getting those goals late. I think that gave them enough confidence to, to hang around in this game. And plus 140, I like them to
0: they have more than a punch of a chance. I think they should get at least two points here uh, against Carolina tonight. All right, liking the uh, plus price. Um, you know, it's funny. Even though I like the team total over for Carolina at the current price, I'm I'm actually kind of with you, where I'm I'm not ready to lay minus two twenty. Uh, this kind of number against what's a really really good New York Ranger team. Yeah. Uh, but I just worry that Carolina will get four. So it's kind of has me thinking too that you know if the Rangers contribute, the full game over could be in play as well uh, in this game at six. But I I do think Carolina will find the uh, back of the net here in this one. Um, like I said, I just. Look, I had the Rangers as a best bet with the Leafs the other night, plus price in that one home dog. Uh, I don't fault. I'll never fault anyone for taking them at a price like this, even with your in net. But man, they got away with so many great a chances allowed to Toronto in that game. And just had to be a 10 bell save King uh, essentially in the third period to preserve that game for the uh, Rangers. I mean, the Leafs had posts. They had just terrific chance. Tavares had a couple great chances. Matthews did. And if they're going to yield that kind of quality from a scoring chance perspective tonight to Carolina, Georgiev ain't going to make those kind of 10, not as many anyway, uh, in my opinion. So that becomes the uh, concern for me. I'm trying to look up Georgiev here in terms of the uh, past, in terms of, uh, you know, certain uh, splits that he's had against specific teams here. Uh, against Carolina but off the top of my head I don't know if this is one of the teams he's had a great deal of success against no it's not Uh, 5.07 goals against lifetime uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes for Georgiev so uh, that's why I like the team total over but again it's kind of weird I like the team total over but at the price you're getting with the Rangers I don't hate anyone or begrudge anyone for taking them at this price Uh, Andrew what do you think here Rangers Hurricanes a really good game yeah it should be a really good game two teams top of the conference here look we
1: can talk about how Georgiev hasn't been, you know, the number one guy. Obviously, she likes Shasturkin, but when I look at it, it's not like he's been that bad. You know, like you guys are saying, I mean, Shisturkin's just outstanding. It's yeah. it's a tough person to compare to when you're number two guy behind a guy like Shasturkin. You know, from the odds perspective, guys, initially I like the Rangers here. Obviously, not getting Shasturkin, it's a little bit tougher for me, but and, and you guys have been in this industry for a long time. So you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but that fat and sassy term, does it apply here for the Carolina hurricanes after scoring back to back, you know, huge amounts and only allowing one goal the last two games. I know it's only two games here, but it seems like Rangers have been through hell and back the last couple of days here last week or two. They find a way to win. They go on the road, they win some games, they get home, They lose the first period. They come back. It just seems like this team is battle-tested. Maybe Carolina is ready to get on a roll. I'm happy I catch a shockingly underdog ticket with Carolina against Boston. But the only way I'd play this game is the Rangers. I'm not so sure I'm going to get there with it, but that's the only way I'd look here.
0: Yeah, I mean, the price is, it's very tantalizing uh, for the New York Rangers. There's no question. And uh, we, we have talked in the past about this weird series history where the Rangers have just, in the regular season, done very well long-term. This is going back 5, 10 years uh, head-to-head uh, against uh, Carolina. So we'll see if that uh, carries over to this game tonight. And uh, we'll see if Georgiev can improve on that. Like I say, that's I, I, I look at that and I'm like, wow, that's awful. 5.07 with his goals against average against Carolina. Uh, in the past, 880 save percentage. We'll see if he can uh, build on that tonight. Uh, again, if, if, if he's even a little bit better, Carolina's got a shot here to get to four. We'll see. But uh, it's a good game here with these two teams. Next up, Pittsburgh, Columbus. We've got Pittsburgh. Minus 230, road favorite, six and a half the total in this one. From a side perspective, I'm really not going to get there with either side here. It's just too much of a price here on the road with the Penguins. Look, Penguins got away with one. That was not their best game, 6-4 last night. Sullivan said it in the press conference that we were not really sharp tonight. and But good teams find a way to win when they're not sharp. Uh, the Penguins did that last night, 6-4 over Ottawa. The offense is roll. Evgeny Malkin, welcome home. First home game of the year for Evgeny Malkin last night against the Senators and he played extremely well. They're definitely happy uh, to have him back. Uh, It's amazing. He's only been back for a handful of games here for the uh, Penguins already with three goals, two assists and five points in those five games. So point per game player. Uh, here, Malkin, since he's returned uh, for the uh, Penguins, uh, obviously for the first time this year, getting in the lineup. Uh, Columbus with a 2-1 to win last night against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. It's a really solid night in between the pipes for uh, Igor. Or not Igor, it's just Turk, Elvis Merzlikens. Got to turn the page, it's the last game. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets was very good. Elvis was in the building last night, and he per- put on a show, much like th- the other Elvis Presley did. Uh, in his lifetime, uh, absolutely was terrific in net for the uh, Jackets last night. Tonight, we had Jari last night for Pittsburgh. We had Merzlikens for Columbus in their respective games. Tonight, we're probably looking at DeSmith uh, for Pittsburgh, Casey DeSmith, and uh, Jonas Corposalo uh, in net tonight for the uh, Jackets. And uh, DeSmith started the season pretty poorly um, early on, but Uh, We'll see if he's uh, the last two starts have been a little up and down for him. He actually was playing well going into December after a rough October. But here in January, two starts, he gave up five goals against San Jose, three uh, against St. Louis. And, you know, I'm not really all that impressed with what I've seen out of Corpus Salo this year. Uh, If he gets in the net tonight, 3.95 goals against 8.82 save percentage on the year, only a four and seven record. And he's allowed at least three goals in three consecutive starts against the Devils, the Blackhawks and the Panthers. So that doesn't necessarily bode well for uh, a great deal of success or confidence in Corpusalo going into this game tonight. So it's difficult to not like the over. I mean, I don't love the number necessarily six and a half, uh, but you look at uh, two of the last three meetings have gone over. We've seen a seven, two Pittsburgh win a five, two Pittsburgh win. The last meeting though was one, nothing uh, for Pittsburgh in overtime. So don't love it. It'll be a small bet. If anything, uh, but we will have a small bet maybe over this total here, six and a half tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Pittsburgh, Columbus. I, I love this over,
2: but I hate the numbers. So I'm going to wait and let it drop uh, a little bit in, in game. And I, I almost kind of want to do the same with the first period over, but I like the full game over a little bit more. Uh, we saw you know, Columbus kind of slow down. And, and I think that had a lot to do with, with what, Philly was doing last night, like you said, I said it on Twitter. Philly has gone full Mike Yo right now, and so that explains why there was no offense in that game whatsoever, really from either side. But this is a uh, two teams that don't like each other, and like I said, they always play pretty spirited against one another. So I think we will see goals, especially with both teams scheduled to have their backups in the net. So uh, grab the over, but wait a few minutes, get that six, at, you know, at, at a, a better number and, and hopefully a better price too. Hopefully, you don't have a goal scored too early to wreck those plans.
0: If I'm Mike Sullivan, I'm a little concerned about a couple of things. And you'd think, come on, Ian, stop being so friggin' you know, we want a team to be perfect. You know, what are you complaining about? What are you bitching about? They're eight and two in the last 10 games. They have played well. I don't like the way their team defense is trending, you know, the last few weeks. I mean, that eight, five game against San Jose early in the month. I mean, they had a huge lead and nearly blew it. Five uh, three against St. Louis. That was a higher scoring affair uh, in that one. They gave up six goals in an onslaught to the Kings on the road trip. That wasn't very pretty. Uh, they collapsed against Dallas on that road trip as well. Two nothing lead and they lost three two. You know they started poorly defensively against Vegas. Fortunately rallied to beat them. And then last night against Ottawa. You know, if not for Jari and missed opportunities for the Senators, 20 shots on goal, you allow that many shots in the first period, you're not ready to play good team defense. Simple as that. So there are concerns about the way this Penguins team is trending defensively. They were such a good defensive team early in the year. They had really committed. I think they got to recommit. Maybe that, maybe Malkin coming back has meant... You know, you, you ease up defensively because, hey, we got Malkin back now. We're going to be able to score more. But I don't think Sullivan, especially after what I heard last night, has been happy the last couple of weeks with his team's recent uh, play trending downward in terms of the defensive zone play. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here about this one, Penguins and Jackets?
1: Yeah, it's not really one that I have a huge opinion on just because, well, number one, I've told you guys, Columbus games have been one that I've stayed away far from. Uh, And yesterday you heard what I, you know, my lean on that show was the team total for Columbus. And we saw what happened, you know, Um, that team just, I I don't want to give any of my energy. I don't want to give any of my handicapping energy. I don't want to give any of my money to games that team's involved in. Everybody, here's one thing I'll say about this game. How many times have you heard people say it's a flat spot for Pittsburgh this year and they go out and play well, you know, Oh, it's a flat spot it's a letdown spot. It's a cliche spot. No, it's not. You know, this team is good. They've got great vets. They've got a good leadership core. Their defensemen have played well. Um, They've got depth, the fuller position. So look, I'm not so sure what's going to happen in this game. I'm going to stay away, but uh, I would look towards the first period over if I was playing it. That's kind of the lean that I'll give in this game here on that one. And it was that first period over yesterday, Ottawa, Pittsburgh. I told you guys, I didn't mind
0: that juice cuz it you know juice only only matters if you lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right. It doesn't matter about laying a price if the bet cash is for you. Uh there's no doubt and uh yeah I mean this definitely by the way we have got some uh no days rest back to back trends to point out. Uh Pittsburgh's two and two on a back to back but two and one after a win. So it kind of shows you, yeah, they don't necessarily have these letdowns and flat spots back to back after a good performance. And more importantly, from a total standpoint, combined this year, the penguins and the jackets on a back to back are six and one to the over uh, this year, three and one for Pittsburgh, three and O oh, uh, for Columbus uh, in the uh, second night of back to back games to the over. So obviously we've got that for both teams tonight and uh, betting markets have noticed because this was six, the total, and now it's six and a half and the juice is climbing on that. So Uh, Definitely people looking at maybe some goals being scored here tonight in this matchup. Uh, Arizona uh, Coyotes, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 260 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, shaded to the under. You know, Andrew just mentioned in the last game, not really having all that much interest in betting Columbus games right now. That's where I'm getting to the point at with Arizona right now because I don't want to take them to win games because I still don't fully trust them to win games, even though they're starting to win games. But at the same point in time, I'm, I'm not really rushing to fade them at these kind of astronomical prices that you're uh, asking the New York Islanders to be laying uh, in a game like this. And when you look at Arizona, yeah, are they getting out chanced? Yeah, in a lot of games they are. Are they getting outplayed for durations of their games? Yes, absolutely. I mean, they got dominated by New Jersey. But their goaltending from Vemelka, has been more good than bad lately, actually more great than bad lately. And they've capitalized on some of their scoring chances. And guys like Clayton Keller are are really starting to light the lamp for them uh, offensively. Uh, They're getting some uh, timely uh, depth scoring, starting to step up. Lawson Krause has all of a sudden uh, stepped up offensively in recent games as well for the uh, Coyotes. Uh, So, you know, it's been impressive now, three and two in their last five games. Uh, including a shootout loss to Colorado where they were right in that game. And and that's been the mantra for Arizona. They have been basically right in every single game lately. Uh, But the Islanders are starting to rev up their engine, 5-1 in their last six games. They're going to look at this as a game they should win at home against Arizona. But Arizona's been hanging around, hanging around uh, in these games. So don't really need to go into much more detail than that. Sidewise, I'm out. I'm out don't really have much on this game not really much interest getting involved yeah. with the coyotes and the islanders alex what do you think yeah i agree there's better spots on the board today if i had to play anything i'd probably take a look at first period over here
2: at even money uh obviously one of the worst teams overall as far as first period totals uh at least overs has been the new york islanders they're five and five in their last 10 and uh, going up against the arizona team that you know it, it just depends on what mood they're in. Can they get their offense rolling early, Or is the defense not going to show up in the first period? That's kind of dictates you know, how that number cashes in for them. So maybe we see a couple of goals here. But uh, like you said, there's other spots on the board. So I'm just going to stay away from it altogether.
0: All right. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. kind of feels like it's uh, that kind of game. Arizona's tricky right now. You don't always want to totally trust them to win. But at the same time, they're starting to find ways to win. And they're competitive in a lot of their games lately, for as bad as they've been uh, much of the season. Again, if you want that plus one and a half on the puck line on Arizona, it's minus 115. Uh, that might be something to look at because, again, we've seen Arizona uh, being competitive lately. Andrew, any thoughts here, Arizona, New York Islanders?
1: I mean, I'd like to go against Arizona at some point, but like you said, who wants to right now and who wants to lay a price against them? The only thing I'd say is that don't do this with like every play you're making, but Find the dance partner and make a two-teamer with the Islanders. That's what I'd recommend to do. You know, I think the regulation wouldn't even be a good value. Find a team you like to win tonight. Use that as a dance partner and grab the Islanders in a two-team parlay. That's that's very simplistic. That's what I'd recommend.
0: Yes, because the Islanders, and I know this for a fact, the Islanders are not a team you want to lay a puck and a half with. Uh, on the puck line routinely. I mean, even the other night they went in a shootout uh, against the uh, flyers and they've won a couple games here and there by margin, Buffalo, Washington, Philly, the first game against Philly, but they've also had a lot of one goal wins, you know, during this uh, stretch, the New Jersey game, the Edmonton game. I mean, it's just a team that plays tight, close games for the most part. So yeah, to Andrew's point, if you like the Islanders, maybe the money line parlay uh, option, with some other team might be the best way to go. Dallas, Detroit. We've got uh, even money here, both sides five and a half. The total uh, in this game. Uh, I'm, you know, Dallas is in a tricky situation here, just because it's back to back on the road. A very, and they expend a lot of energy last night coming back from a, a early deficit against the Buffalo Sabers, rally past them five to four uh, in that game. All of a sudden, here's another team where defensively they've got to tighten things up. Uh, they gave up that seven spot to the Florida Panthers last week. Um, And then after that, they gave up five to Montreal uh, in a loss at home. And then again, if not for that rally, they gave up four goals to the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So uh, definitely some concerns about what we've seen uh, from the Dallas Stars. Very interesting that Braden Holpe uh, will be in net here. Uh, He was definitely shaky last night against uh, Buffalo. Four goals allowed uh, in that game yet on a back to back going to Braden Holpe here. Very interesting here for the uh, Dallas Stars. Um, And when I look at their situation uh, going into this game, goaltending wise, I don't see anything in terms of Jake Ottinger's not, Jake Ottinger not being available here uh, for the Dallas stars tonight uh, in this game. This is just simply coach's decision that we're going to put Hopi in there for a second straight night. I know Ottinger's kind of had his moments where he's kind of fought the puck lately, but boy, all of a sudden, you're not going to give him a start here. It's kind of surprising to me. And I think it's troublesome. You know, hope he's had a lot of games under his belt. He's a little bit older now. You can ask him to, after, you know, a big workload last night, now having to uh, end up playing. Yeah, he did get pulled in his last two starts, Rich. Good point. I know he's not played as well lately, Ottinger. Maybe they're losing some faith in the young kid. He's going through, you know, mental block. Sometimes you get that as a young goalie. But, boy, I mean, putting in Holtby here in a back-to-back, I think it's a little dubious uh, here if you're Dallas doing that. I could only take Detroit here. The one thing about the Red Wings is – this team is you know, been competitive. They played their best hockey at home. You know, they, uh, it's Buffalo, but they shut out Buffalo four, nothing at home. They beat San Jose six to two at home. They beat New Jersey, five2 at home. They've struggled with some of the better teams at home. Those are the teams they've lost to at home. Winnipeg, Boston, Washington. Dallas is too flighty on the road. you know, you would think Dallas is the better team here, no doubt, but five and 13 on the road. Life and death to beat Buffalo last night, coming from behind win. Back-to-back for them on the road. I don't trust the Stars, period. I don't. And Holby in net for a second straight night, I don't trust the Stars. I'm not betting the game, but, man, I've got a strong lean at the very least to Detroit here. It's the only way I would go at an even money price in this one. Alex, any thoughts here? Stars, Red Wings.
2: Yeah, this is a stay-away game for me, too. It's interesting. You mentioned, you know, you're running Brayden Holby. you know, a back-to-back star. It's kind of an older guy. You know, seeing him have his inconsistencies, Jake out arguably the better of the two goalies, but hasn't been playing well right now. If only this team had had, I don't know, a third goalie that they could have called on at some point in time of the season. Well, they did Anton Cadova he's now no longer with them. So kind of unfortunate for them, I guess they got to roll with the two. They've gotten, uh, you know, makes mix match a little bit, but uh, it shouldn't be that much of an issue against this Detroit team. I mean, yes, they've got two wins back to back, but they're, you know, being the Buffalo Sabres, shooting a fish in a barrel doesn't make you a fisherman. So uh, if you take those out, they've lost four straight since, you know, before that. And this is just a team that's not really, you know, that good, not really getting their gears with them. But no way you can take Dallas on the road the way that they've been playing. They said one and seven, and and they were lucky to get the one last night uh, in their last eight road games. So it's a clear pass for me.
0: All right. Nothing wrong with that. Pass for Alex in this matchup. Uh, Obviously, uh, keep an eye on Jason Robertson. I think if you're going to get involved with Dallas props, he's the one right now. Four goals in the last four games for Jason Robertson. High number of shot volume uh, in terms of shots on goal, which you like to see. You could even go shots on goal prop with him as well. But Jason Robertson. Uh, For the uh, Dallas Stars, definitely uh, feeling it right now. Three points uh, last night in the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. A huge catalyst for them coming back in that game. And I think if you're the Red Wings, I'll throw out Dylan Larkin right now uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. The captain's been terrific for them. I mean, he's in a tough spot. This team's rebuilding. Uh, It's going to be a while before I think they're ready to contend for a playoff spot, but this guy leads by example every night. He'll even drop the gloves and mix it up physically every now and then. He's got 18 goals, 18 assists, 36 points in 35 games, more than a point per game uh, player this year for the Red Wings, and he's been lighting it up lately for them as well. In terms of offense, two goals against a uh, Buffalo uh, in the last game, he's also got four goals in the last four games, much like we talked about with Robertson. And he's also got the, uh, shot volume lately for uh, the Detroit red wings. So, uh, definitely, uh, Dylan Larkin playing like a true captain for Detroit right now. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts here with uh, Dallas Detroit?
1: Well, it's funny. Cause we, like we say, you look at what happened yesterday with Dallas. I mean, you can take it in one of which two ways. Are you impressed with their ability to come back? Are you saying, you know, screw this team for having that shaky start to their game and going down to Buffalo early. That's kind of the way I look at it. Um, and Detroit's one of those teams as well for me where I've kind of stayed away from a little bit, but the way I kind of look at this game, I mean, can we all agree it's kind of a good price here on Dallas? That's kind of what I've been looking at and what I've been seeing from different people um, talking about the price in this game in general that um, it's kind of one that's hard to pass up here. I know we're looking at the goaltending stuff, but I don't know. I think Dallas can improve off yesterday's, you know, defensive errors, but I got to be pumped if I'm them for, to be able to put up five goals after the start they head uh, and to see Detroit come off back-to-back wins against Buffalo. Um, you know, look at the rest of the games that they've played in. I mean, who have they actually beat? I mean, they beat teams like New Jersey they beat teams like San Jose. They don't beat elite teams. And I think when Dallas is playing well, they are a relatively elite team. So we're getting a pretty good price here, guys. That's all I can really say here. I mean, I, it's it's Dallas or pass for me, even though it's a back-to-back.
0: All right. Like in Dallas, despite the uh, negative, I think it is a negative spot for Dallas, but it is, you know, the price is reasonable. I, I won't deny that. If you like the stars, this is not an exorbitant price uh, to back them uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes you get Detroit at home rising up. I mean, this is obviously where they've played much better this year at home, 13 and 8 compared to 5 and uh, 14 on the road for the Red Wings. So uh, this will be a tricky game for Detroit, uh, For sorry, for Dallas. We'll see, though, if they can uh, power through it uh, in this one. I think Nedeljkovic is projected to be the goalie for the uh, Red Wings, but not confirmed yet. Uh, as of right now, but uh, keep an eye on that for sure. All right, Minnesota-Chicago. We've got Minnesota minus 115 uh, road favorites, uh, five and a half being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, This is an interesting one that, uh, you know, we saw Minnesota uh, open up around minus 140 uh, in this game as road favorites. Uh, We've seen a steady stream of Chicago money come in, and now it's pretty close to uh, even money here on both sides. Of course, for the uh, Wild, they still have some, Uh, absence and player personnel issues that they have to worry about going into this game tonight. Uh, Jonas Brodine on the blue line. Uh, Of course, Cam Talbot remains uh, day-to-day as well. Jared Spurgeon as well remains uh, out indefinitely. Now, there was concerns about the uh, status as well of one of the guys that's been an unsung hero for them up front this year, Ryan Hartman uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild, who's played terrific for them. Uh, this year, but it looks like he's going to be available and in the lineup. It looks like he is good to go tonight. Expected him to suit up uh, along the uh, first line for the uh, Minnesota Wild with Zuccarello and Caprisov. And that tells you all you need to know about Dean Evison's faith and confidence level in him, centering his top line uh, going into this game tonight. As far as the Chicago Blackhawks are concerned, yes, yeah, Seth Jones is back uh, on the blue line for them. They're starting to get healthier. Uh, as well they've had some uh, bodies out of the lineup as well uh Capo Ka- uh, kakanen uh, is confirmed once again in net for the wild which is not a surprise with Talbot out he's been the guy uh, for the uh, Minnesota wild He actually didn't play that bad at all I thought uh, even though Colorado won that game on Martin Luther King Day I thought it was one of the better games from Kakanen because boy Colorado had a bunch of great A chances and Probably could have had more goals than they did. So he's played a little bit better lately. Gave up three uh against Anaheim before that, two goals against Washington and Boston. So it's been a you know, it's been a little bit of a better stretch for Kakanen. And his win-loss record is still seven and two uh going into this game between uh these two teams. When you look at head-to-head uh between uh the Wild and the Blackhawks, we've seen three of the last four uh, end up going over the total. Final scores of five, two, four, three, five, three the last meeting was 3-2 almost got uh, to the over in that one so and and the weird dynamic is i believe yes these two teams are playing again tomorrow night against each other in minnesota so it makes me think here that okay is this one of those situations where chicago maybe you know sneaks up on minnesota after the big showdown against Colorado catches them off guard, wins tonight. And Minnesota wins tomorrow, and I—I I don't know, but it's just to me not a slam dunk with Minnesota. It feels like, wait a minute, this is dirt cheap. Minnesota's better than Chicago. Shouldn't we be taking uh, the minus one fifteen here with them? I, I would certainly only bet Minnesota at, at this price, but there's something off putting for me about this game, and especially Flurry playing well lately for them. I'd lean Minnesota. I lean over five and a half based on series history, but it's not overly strong. There'll be small bets for me, not more than that. Alex, what do you think here? Minnesota, Chicago.
2: Yeah, so this is interesting. Like I said, it's a home-and-home series tonight in Chicago, tomorrow here in St. Paul. So uh, we more than likely, with us seeing uh, Kakanen and Flurry here, we could see Lincoln in for Chicago tomorrow. And Cam Talbot did make the trip here, or trip to Chicago, I should say. So coming back here, he could be activated out of the start or be the backup. Uh, Tomorrow, but it's Andrew Hammond as the backup for tonight. Uh, So I have three plays here, nothing to do with the side at all. I like this first period over, something I've been riding with with both of these teams, and that's something that's cash in this series often as well. I like the draw here at plus 320. We saw two of the last three meetings go to OT. These two teams always kind of play each other Fairly tight, like I said, even with the wild getting some rest, but the Hawks getting guys back. Kirby Dock could also be back in the lineup as well. I haven't heard the confirmation for that just yet. I know he was in COVID protocol, but Strom is back. Jones is back in Florida, like I said, playing well. Uh, I could see this easily being a 3 3 game going into overtime. And give me Patrick Kane to score at plus 180. I think that's a really Good price for a guy who's got 24 goals in his career during the regular season against the Wild. The only teams he scored more goals against is Calgary, also at 24, and Dallas with 30. Uh, so he always shows up against the Wild. He knows this is a big rivalry game. uh Should be a Rocky United Center tonight. So uh, it should be a fun one. So give me the first period over, the regulation draw, and Patrick Kane to score a goal anytime.
0: Yeah, it's and with the total. Of, like I say, I would only look over five and a half here, but the, what's pulling me in both directions is well, Minnesota, this is a pretty low total for them. Five and a half, that's not asking a lot in a Minnesota game. But Chicago, and I know this under Derek King, they want to play low scoring, tight checking hockey, at least bet more than they did earlier in the year. They've kind of done that. Uh, and Fleury's been good lately. He'll start tonight. And then you look at the way these teams have gone from a total standpoint, Minnesota on the road, 10 and eight to the under Chicago at home, 11 and six to the under. So these have actually been under teams more so than not with Minnesota on the road and Chicago at home. So it's pulling me in back and forth in different directions with the uh, total. And then the series history says three of the last four have gone over. So it's why I still lean over, but it's, uh, uh nothing overly uh, strong for me. Andrew, any thoughts here with the wild and the Blackhawks?
1: The only way I'd look is the exact same way that you were just saying, Ian, with that over. But I'm not so sure. We're we're gonna consistently see these high scoring games with, with Minnesota. And, and I think if Chicago wants to contend in this game, they don't want to trade goals either. I think Alex would agree with that. I mean, we we you know, Chicago, if they play a good game here, they're gonna try and win like three, two, something like that. Um, but Minnesota, if you look at their last 10 games on a shorter scale, they have been, you know, they're playing in some higher scoring games. Their shot count's been high um if they if they can stay healthy i mean they've had guys in of the lineup a little bit i still think we can get over five and a half here cam talbot actually hasn't been that great recently and you know so i look at this game i don't i don't really know exactly where i want to look if i do get action in this game but let's say it does get a slow start maybe halfway through the second i'll look towards a, a live over but i have no action here guys
0: I think oh, yeah. I might dabble in oh, yeah. a few props. Uh, now, this The concern is this game might be lower scoring. Um, but when I look at it from a Minnesota perspective, I'm not going to say to anybody, you know, don't bet Kaprizov to score, especially now. He's rolling. He's got 12 points in the last six games for the Minnesota Wild. He's been – points props make sense yeah. for him. For goal-scoring props for Minnesota too, is a consideration. He's scored in back-to-back games. Matt Zuccarello, I'm telling you, Matt Zuccarello can play when he finally stays freaking healthy for a change. And he scored as well in multiple games lately for the Wild. And for the Blackhawks, Dominic Kubalik is starting to heat up for them. Uh, goals in three straight games for him uh, definitely might be something to look at right there as well on the Chicago side.
2: Honestly, here's your hidden gem, and and, I, and I'm just looking at the price now. It's plus 125. Kirill off to get an assist. He's been the guy who's been setting up Zuccarello, setting up Hartman to, to get Hartman to get goals. He's had some incredible passes as of late. So those twelve points, most of those have been assists, and that's where you're going to probably find the value. He's obviously you're going to be probably laying a dollar five, dollar ten, or even more for him to score a goal because everybody's expecting him. To be the the big goal scorer, but he's turned into a true playmaker now. He's setting up those guys on that line, setting up those, those defensemen, especially in power play situations, and getting assists. So, if you want to take a prop with him, I'd say take the assist at plus one twenty five.
0: Good option, good consideration there for sure. Given, uh, and you're right, he is uh, he's he's every bit, if not more, playmaker than goal scorer. That's Kareel's game, uh, and we have seen that for sure since he's been in a Minnesota Wild jersey from day one, essentially. So. Uh, and he right now he's got it going. Remember there were times this year you're wondering, oh, it's not exactly the kind of time, start at, at one point earlier this year he was hoping for, but he has definitely uh, found it lately for the Minnesota Wild. Again, 12 points in the last six games, pretty damn impressive. Uh, what's also impressive is what DraftKings Sportsbook is offering uh, for NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend for new customers. It really is the odds boost and the odds that you can bet uh, for certain teams to win this weekend is something you should take advantage of. We're on now to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs this Saturday and Sunday and DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the action in the divisional round and play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy football contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins that's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 years of age or older must Reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, we move along to Tampa Bay and Anaheim. We've got the uh, Lightning mi- minus 260 here road favorites in this one five and a half the total uh in this matchup here between these two uh you look at it with tampa bay uh you know they just find ways to win even when they don't play their best colorado did last night against la and i think you can say tampa did that against la as well it wasn't tampa's best game you know not by any stretch of the imagination but they still won six four because they can just find ways it doesn't take much for them to score and you know even if they give up more shots and they give up more chances guess what they've got an elite goaltender in between the pipes and Andre uh, Vasilevsky uh, to help them out. Uh, And that's why they are uh, one of those many teams in the league that can find ways to win when they don't play their a game. And we saw that from Tampa. They've now won four in a row, six and one in their last seven games. Anaheim's lost four in a row, uh, kind of trending back, uh, downward a little bit after a a pretty solid first half but they've got personnel issues as well that have been uh, at the forefront of these struggles I mean they have a lot of key personnel out I mean I don't want to make excuses they got to play better but no Troy Terry uh, multiple starting defensemen I mean Josh Manson and Cam Fowler are two of their best defensemen Manson's a good shutdown defenseman Fowler's good at both ends of the ice they haven't had him them for a few games now and they're suffering because of it uh John Gibson I thought you know, in his return the other night against Colorado, I thought he played pretty well for a guy that hadn't played in some time uh, was solid. But unfortunately, no uh, run support, uh, if you will, from his team as they get shut out to nothing by Colorado. Uh, it's just Anaheim's not a team I'm looking to back right now. It's not exactly a spot I'm looking to lay minus 250 with. So when it's all said and done, I'm probably staying off the Lightning and the Ducks. Alex, what do you think here with Tampa Bay-Anaheim? I
2: like the bolts here with the team total at over three and a half. You're only in twenty here. I think that's a great spot. These two teams are playing the way we thought they ought to be playing at this time of the year. you got Tampa Bay on a hot roll, uh, Anaheim getting cold, especially offensively. He uh, said they're having personnel issues, but even with that, it just feels like it's a clear mismatch. We don't need Tampa Bay, like I said, not trying to lay any, any price here, even regulation to win the game. But if they win, chances are they're going to score at least more than three. So me the over three and a half minus a dollar twenty with the Tampa team total.
0: All right, Tampa Bay Lightning team total over three and a half. Jarek makes a great point in the chat. Minnesota, lots of games in a short period of time. Yeah, how about February for a bunch of these teams? And by the way, the schedules just came out for February for every NHL team. You look at all so many teams there are ton most teams have 12 14 15 games in the month of february like they're in a situation with multiple back to backs you know basically playing every other day for the majority of the month with just one day off between games for the most part this is going to be some grueling taxing schedules that these teams have to deal with and unfortunately the majority of teams have to deal with it. There's not yeah. going to be as many situations where, oh, this one team's really, really rested and the other teams had to play a lot. No, they're all pretty much in this, the same kettle of fish here, essentially. They're all going to be just playing a shit ton of hockey in February in a very short period of time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I'm, one, I'm pleased to see it because, like I said, I, I was a firm proponent of – uh, you know, the league not taking a stoppage. And, and now that they've got everything situated, going to have a, a little bit longer of an all-star break, which is very, very nice. And now, like I said, they're going to come back and play these grueling schedules. But the thing is with these teams that the teams that had to deal with COVID issues, that the reason why we have all these games to be made up, their depth has kind of been tested enough to where maybe they can get through these stretches. Teams like, like Ottawa, teams like Boston, for example, they've had to deal with uh, Vegas as well. They've had to have so many personnel guys, so many guys come up with the AHL, where they can mix and match guys, they can give some guys some rest and rely on people in these back-to-back stretches, in these long stretches that they'll have uh, you know, throughout the second half of the season. So it's going to make for some really interesting betting options and, and some interesting situations. I'm, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season.
0: One thing I'm disappointed with the schedule for February is, and Jimmy kind of thought we might see some – a slew of daytime hockey during the week that did not happen unfortunately uh they, they pretty much kept it all i'm disappointed by that as someone that's just staying home working all day and doing shows that i would have just it. loved monday to friday wall-to-wall hockey from noon to like 7 p.m <laughs> eastern i would have loved that uh, throughout the week but we didn't get that we didn't get our wish unfortunately as the nhl changed their minds or maybe they considered it and just decided not to do it Uh, Through the week, the games will primarily be all at night, just like they always are, Monday to Friday. Uh, And then we'll have our afternoon games on the weekends. But uh, I was hoping for afternoon hockey Monday to Friday the next month. But, nope, didn't happen. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts for you here? Tampa Bay, Anaheim.
1: Uh, Well, it's important to mention, I mean, uh,
0: during this little losing skid for the Ducks,
1: uh, the opposition has hit the puck line every time. And during this little winning streak uh, for Tampa, They've hit their puck line every time, so I think Tampa Bay continues to roll. They've they've proved to us in countless different spots they can win low scoring and high scoring games. Recently, you guys know I'm fading Anaheim. Anytime I can get two and eight their last ten games, you know that game against Colorado. Like I said earlier, I mean they keep them within two goals and they still lose that game. That just can't be done. So uh, Tampa Bay is an absolute wagon right now. They're rolling, and I, I'm not I'm not going to expect Anaheim to solve. Vasilevsky. so if i'm playing i'm taking the puck line here to me this just feels like a spot i want to stay away from um so i might end up doing that but if i was playing this game that's where i'd look tamp on the puck line
0: yeah i mean this is just impressive i mean what tamp is doing and it's not like Tampa's is fully uh at full strength right now uh eric chernak is a key to blue liner he's missed some missed time lately andre Palats missed the last few games Uh, Zach Bogosian, Jan Ruda on the blue line as well. I mean, there's multiple guys that have been starting defensemen for them out and no problem. We'll just keep on winning hockey games. Just very impressive. That's why I hate hearing people say, oh, John Cooper's been gifted a, a great hockey team. That's why, you know, he doesn't have to do much. No, I don't buy that. John Cooper's a good coach. I mean, he's done a great job here. I know he's got lots to work with, but look, even in times like this, where he's got missing pieces left and right. And he's had to deal with that the last couple of years. He still keeps this team on the winning trajectory. And I think you have to give him a lot of, uh, you know, give him his props for it. John Cooper is a great coach. Uh, I know he's got had a great team the last few years, but that guy knows how to coach. That's why he's coaching Canada or at the, uh, Olympia was going to coach Canada. I should say, had, uh, the NHL gone, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, that's why, uh, I think he is one of the great coaches, uh, Florida and Vancouver. We've got Florida minus 200 to minus 210 road favorite. six and a half. The total uh, in this game, uh, Panthers just lay waste to uh, a wasteland that is the Edmonton Oilers right now, uh, six to nothing. I mean, the, we just talked about it earlier, how the game just got completely away from the Oilers once they gave up that first goal uh, after a pretty good energetic start. Uh, Florida now second of back-to-back here on the road as they wrap up this three-game Western Canadian swing. Uh, They go to Seattle to face the uh, Kraken uh, after that, and then they actually go to Winnipeg after that. So there's still some road games coming up here for the uh, Florida Panthers. They bounce back from that 5-1 loss to Calgary where they just caught Calgary at the bad time. I mean, Sutter bag-skated the team. He was pissed off after the performance against Ottawa, and Calgary played really well that night, tightened it up defensively. Jacob Markstrom was good in goal. It was just a complete 60-minute team effort. I kind of thought we might see that from Calgary. They delivered it. And unfortunately, Florida was not uh, happy with their game that night, and they took it out on Edmonton last night, who uh, get drilled 6-0. Now on the second night of back-to-back, we'll see how this goes here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Certainly, it's not the greatest scheduling spot for Florida, but I think it's kind of you know canceled out, if you will, by the fact that for the Vancouver Canucks, This is them returning off a nine-game road trip. They have been on the road for a long period of time. The Vancouver Canucks have been on the road since before Christmas. Now, I know they've had a pause in between from December 16th to 29th, but even if you take out the pause, they've been on the road for eight straight since December 29th through Anaheim, L.A., Seattle, then to the East Coast to play Florida, Tampa, Carolina, grueling games against great teams, Washington. Nashville uh, a couple nights ago, and now they're back home. This is not a Vancouver spot, not by any stretch of the imagination. So this is one of those games where if minus 200, it seems like, man, that price with this Canucks team that still has a very good record overall since Bruce Boudreaux's taken over is something to look at. Not when you look at the personnel situation uh, for Vancouver tonight. No Thatcher Demko COVID protocol. No Connor Garland uh, COVID protocol. No Bo Bo Horvat, the captain. Still on COVID protocol. JT Miller, uh, COVID protocol for them. Yarrow Halak's uh, on IR right now. And with Demko out, that means they're turning to uh, taxi squad goalie supreme, Spencer Martin tonight uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So this is a really, really tricky situation. Hello, Spencer Martin. How are you today? Are you good? Now try to shut down one of the best scoring, highest potent offensive teams in the NHL uh, tonight. Uh, Are you still well? Hello? Yeah, I'm sure if you ask him that, he's probably not feeling (laughs) uh, as well right now. I mean, what an assignment. I mean, he's got to go in there and face this uh, Florida Panthers team here. Um, Look, I mean, we'll have to see how he goes here. He has not appeared in an NHL game since 2016-17. He's 26 years old. He's not a spring young chicken or anything like that. You know, he's been around the block. He has been good in the AHL with the Abbotsford squad this year. 2.24 goals against average. 9.21 save percentage. But still, you're going from the AHL to the NHL for the first time. Oh, and you got to play this Florida team that's been scoring for fun for the better part of the last two weeks. Uh, So it's not an easy game for him to deal with. Uh, Vancouver on the other side, I think with this being a back-to-back, they're going to give Spencer Knight uh, the shot in net tonight for the Panthers after Bobrovsky was very strong uh, in that shutout win last night. It's not been a great season for uh, Knight. You can say... Sophomore slump potentially, but there's no doubt he's kind of fought the puck this year. 3.51 goals against, 891 save percentage. He gave up five goals in that loss to the Calgary Flames uh, earlier this week. So it, it's tough to really trust him. Total six and a half, and um, it's over a pass for me. And I, I did bet this over the total. I think it's difficult to ignore uh, in this game that uh, you know Vancouver. I think offensively, I think they know they got to score goals tonight, and I think Bruce Boudreau knows it. We can't really trust the blue line. We can't really trust the depleted blue line. This young, not young kid, but this inexperienced NHL goalie, Spencer Martin, to ask him to shut down this Florida team that's been getting five, six goals, or even sometimes more uh, with regularity in recent games. I think the Canucks realize that if we're going to win games, we got to make sure our offense is in gear tonight. So could end up being some fireworks tonight. I would certainly look over 6.5, if anything, here with the Panthers and the Canucks, uh, Alex. What do you think here, Florida, Vancouver? Yeah, this is actually
2: a spot that I've, I don't think I've actually ever played this. To be honest, but I've heard people mention in the chat before, and uh, it's the only thing that makes sense of values. The race to three goals. I take Florida land a dollar thirty because if you team total, you're looking at laying as high as a dollar I saw one shop. Uh, obviously, with the total of six and a half, you'd be mostly relying on Florida. Like you said, that could be you know. Uh, advantageous. It's a battle of the Spencers. Like I said, Spencer Knight's not playing as well. We don't know what the hell we're going to get from Spencer Martin, to be honest. So uh, I'm just going to stay with, with backing Florida in some type of way. And it will be the race to three goals, minus a dollar 30. Most offshore shops have that. I think that's most domestic places will have that as to kind of have to search around in the game props area for that.
0: You have to go all the way back to 2016 with Spencer Martin for NHL duty three games, 4.36 4.36 goals against average and 865 save percentage for him uh, in the NHL with Colorado. Again, very limited number of starts there in 2016, uh, six years ago. So that's Spencer Martin's resume in the national hockey league prior to tonight. Andrew, uh, what do you think here, Florida, Vancouver?
1: Well, it's weird guys. Cause I've, Talked about how I thought that Vancouver was doing a great job defensively, right, on this show a bunch of times, and I thought that was one of the reasons why they've done so well. Not just because of the coaching change, but in this game, I think I like the over here. And I think it, it the, like you said, Ian, the spot kind of lines up here. And with Florida, man, they allowed a lot of chances last night. Oilers were just horrible, and the Panthers kept their foot on the gas pedal for the full sixty. Like I said, scoring a few goals in the third period everybody was lining up to take that over six and a half over seven yesterday in the Florida game. How about tonight we grab the over ticket here with a Florida game against Vancouver.
0: Yeah. I won't be betting it under that <laughs> <laughs> much. I know. Uh, no question about that. Uh, in this one. Uh, yeah. Chris Otto in our chat, he does have good HL numbers. Spencer Martin. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, and sometimes that carries over, especially in your first start, you're you're geared up, you're excited, team wants to win for you. I think they'll try to bear down defensively, but man, this is a difficult, difficult task. Florida of all teams, like if you're playing Arizona, you're playing, you know, a low scoring team, uh, you know, Philly right now with the way they can't find the back of the net, the Islanders. I think that's a manageable first start here for Spencer Martin, but boy, uh, anything uh, with Spencer Martin, uh, anything would be better than Florida right now uh, with the way they're scoring at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, the 26-year-old's up for the task here. Very difficult uh, assignment here in his first NHL start in five, six years here tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. All right, St. Louis and Seattle, final game of this Friday card, St. Louis minus 175. Road favorites, five and a half the total, six in some spots. So make sure you shop around uh, if you like either side of that total. uh, Tonight, St. Louis playing some really good hockey. I've been singing praises for the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, of late. They had a 6-5 loss to Toronto in in a game where they were really depleted and shorthanded. Key personnel out, Tarasenko, Pareko. uh, Braden Shen didn't play that night. There were a lot of key pieces out. They got everybody back now, essentially. Braden Shen. Perron is health is back from protocol. Tarasenko, uh, you know everybody's back now. Pareko on the blue line. So this is a healthy squad going into Seattle here tonight and playing some good hockey. Now, the caveat to all this is St. Louis's best hockey's been at home this year. They've been a machine at Enterprise Center. Sixteen and six on the year. On the road, they're just seven and ten on the road this year. The St. Louis Blues. So it's and you're laying a big price here and Seattle's perked up. They've won two in a row. They beat Chicago in a shootout. They beat San Jose three, two last night. So they're feeling good. And they've always been a little bit better, tougher to beat more competitive uh, and a tougher out basically playing here at the uh, climate pledge arena uh, in Seattle. Um, so I'd expect this to be not an easy game, not a cakewalk uh, for St. Louis by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, They're starting a road trip. They play at Vancouver Sunday, Calgary Monday, a back-to-back. They are playing well, and I don't know if I'm really ready to trust Joey Decord uh, for the Seattle Kraken, who's been confirmed in that 3.82 goals against 866 save percentage so far this season, uh, which isn't anything great. Uh, You look at his numbers with Ottawa last year, 3.28 goals against average, 897 save percentage in eight games played. Uh, the year before that with Ottawa and the one game, five goals against 875 save percentage. So Joey Decor just does not have that track record of success and quality numbers at the NHL level. So it's tricky here. I would lean, because of that, St. Louis a little bit maybe in regulation. Um, the road record bothers me, though. I mean, they're kind of that team that I'd like to see what them take what they do at home, especially lately, bring it with them on the road. Uh, we'll see if they can do that here tonight. I'd, I'd lean blues and regulation still in spite of their concerns on the road with that team. Alex, what do you think here? St. Louis, Seattle.
2: Yeah, I was going to look at the over five and a half here, especially with DeCord uh, getting the start most likely for Seattle. So numbers haven't been that great, but now you look at Billy. He the one that's getting the start for St. Louis six, two and one on the 2.22 goals against average. This guy's actually been one of the better backups, if not the best backup in the league right now, whenever he, he gets a start. So, uh that's keeping me off of that. Like I said, I don't really care for the side too much either. They're not buying into uh this this side exactly with uh Seattle. That win they got last night. I mean, they be- beat a, a Sharks team. And I was on the Sharks, but we talked about how up and down they can be at times. So uh, you know, this would be more of a of a, a proving ground win for them uh as opposed to beating uh Chicago, who's a mid-range team, beating San Jose, who's a mid-range team. Yeah, you meet someone who's a, a little bit higher caliber at St. Louis than I might end up. So I just wait and see, but I'm gonna stay away from them.
0: There's a weird thing that the Seattle every team's got different weird things they do with the team throughout the year. Joe Madden in baseball was one of those guys. He'd bring animals into the clubhouse there, and there's an animal that's come into the Seattle club or lo- dressing room, I should say. Davy Jones is a dog, and apparently since they brought this dog into the dressing room, they've won two in a row. So now all that everybody's all, you know, uh superstitious now and that the dog is the reason Seattle has uh turned the season around for them. Uh the, or at least they won the last two, games. I wouldn't say turned the season around, but uh, they've won the last two games with their the, the dog that they the team dog they're calling him Davy uh here for the Seattle Kraken. So uh, all of a sudden what? They're going to go uh you know 54 and 0 the rest of the year with Davy? now? No. See, just hearing game. that makes me want to bet St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're really buying into the dog it's just coincidence come on seattle come on guys i mean it's just coincidence you've won a couple since you uh got a team dog for everybody in the dressing room to pet and uh, rub and play toys with and all that stuff uh, anyway andrew uh blues and kraken. yeah i don't even know what to say i want to make a joke about that but i don't even know what to
1: say about that that's just like
0: <laughs> we all love dogs <laughs> i have one you have one andrew but yeah i mean come on the dog's not the reason you win a hockey game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I like St. Louis and
1: regulation here, guys. I uh, see two wins that Seattle uh, was able to get uh, in a row and obviously not against great competition. Um, they, they don't really beat the elite teams. Like they beat teams that are like middle of the pack or teams that can kind of show up every now and then. And I think, and, and Alex, I think you'd agree with me here. Chicago has been that team that can one night, Patrick Kane go top corner and they look elite. And the next night, what the hell is going on? Yep, you know absolutely. what I mean? like, So I'm not even dissing Chicago. I'm just saying like they haven't been able to beat the best of the best yet. And St. Louis, they're at full health right now. I don't know, guys. With, with the court and nets, um, the regulation I got was minus 110. That's already popped up to like 125, 130. So... I just Seattle's a better team at home than road. I understand that, but I think I think uh, St. Louis comes in here. They're six and two since the break. Their goal differential is really good, and their expected goals is actually way higher than what they've been able to produce. That's what's scary. Their expected goals are way higher than what they've even already done. So
0: uh, I, I like St. Louis in regulation here. All right, St. Louis and regulation, which uh, is up to about minus 125, minus 130 right now. It would be the way I would bet it to. Uh, in this one. And if I get involved, I still might, but uh, definitely I just have, I want to see St. Louis. I think they're good enough to do it. I mean, they're better than Seattle go on the road, start this road trip strong, be the team you should beat. You're playing well at home, bring it with you on the road. We'll see if they can do that tonight. I think they're fully capable of it. All right, next up. No, next up is nothing. We're done. The card is done. Uh, Eight games. We've gotten through them all here on this uh, Friday slate. Great stuff with Alex and Andrew. Uh, Andrew, this, you know what? We, we i'm a nice guy you know i'm kind of the ringleader of the ice guys uh, in terms of you know i'm trying to organize who's on the show every day andrew i'm going to be a nice boss We're, i'm giving you the weekend off andrew i know you're traveling this <laughs> weekend i know you can't join us saturday sunday i'm usually you know either solo or maybe alex once in a while joins me so you got the weekend off andrew enjoy it sounds good i will be enjoying it
1: <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna absolutely. really
0: enjoy it saturday night so that way,
1: you won't, you won't get hung over me on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine why you, you know, it was Saturday night wouldn't be a big sports party night and a few booze uh, drinks and all that with the NFL playoffs and a huge NHL. I'm, split I'm driving two, two hours hard. Just to a party this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, yeah. So enjoy it, uh, Andrew. Absolutely. We'll see you back definitely on Monday uh, for a new week here on the ice, guys. We want to remind you, too, before we get to best bets, because I'm going to make sure I mention this every day the bet casts are on the way. Uh, after Super Bowl weekend, we're going to do one every week. Honestly, we, we, probably on a Tuesday or Thursday, most weeks, the bigger cards will pick either a Tuesday or Thursday, one day each week following Super Bowl weekend for Ice Guys Betcast. It'll be us four, uh, me, Alex, Andrew, and Jimmy. It'll be our Ice Guys viewers and listeners and fans invited to join us on the Betcast and watch the games, bet the games with us, bring your favorite pint of beer or your favorite libation or beverage or whatever you want on the BetCast with us. We always drink when we're on the uh, BetCast live. We're looking forward to it after Super Bowl weekend. I'll put the uh, good word out to some of our former hockey player special guests we've had on in the past as well to join us. Uh, Looking forward to having them on the show as well from time to time. So it's going to be an exciting and fun time, as it always is, on an Ice Guys BetCast, and that is coming your way following Super Bowl weekend right here on the Ice Guys YouTube channel. All right, best bets to wrap up this Friday card. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet?
2: You know what? Give me a player prop. Give me Patrick Kane to score a goal tonight at home against the Minnesota Wild. That's a plus 180. Uh, See, the a plus 175 as well. Like I said, he's got 24 career goals uh, against the Minnesota Wild. And he's a guy who's finally gotten his scoring touch back. He'd been kind of cold for a while, but I expect him to light the lamp at the United Center tonight. So give me PK to score. That's uh, my best
0: bet there we go Goal score prop best bet for uh, alex b smith uh andrew best bet give me the rangers no Shisterkin. i don't care how good
1: plus price um i've picked my spots with dogs this year i think i'm kind of a short favorite player or uh, a regulation type guy lately but i think the rangers show up here and, and they've been battling and i don't know maybe they maybe they run out of gas who knows but for what I saw after that first the first period against the Leafs, that was their tired moment. And then they snapped right out of that. I don't know if they had a few Red Bulls, Jager bombs in the locker room, but hey, they got it going. So uh, I'm riding with this, this, this price just shouldn't be it. I mean, I think back to Yanni the Greek, what he always preaches. You're betting the price. You're betting the number right here. And, and the Hurricanes,
0: I don't care if they win 4-1 tonight. I would never bet that price with them tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's a still a very good Rangers team. Um, you know, it's never easy to win in Carolina, and obviously it's not just Sterkin in net, but you're right. I, it does feel like that's a price that's hard to resist. New York Rangers, plus 180, even plus 190 in some spots here. Uh, best bet, big underdog, uh, best bet for Andrew uh, McGinnis tonight in this one. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Friday card, uh, I'm going to end up going with Florida-Vancouver, uh, over 6.5, minus 120, I just feel that tonight it's just I think the Panthers find it offensively. You're going to see them tired on a back-to-back on the road. You're going to see Vancouver very tired. Nine straight road games eight straight since the Christmas break going from the West coast to the East coast to the Midwest. When they wrapped it up in Nashville in the central time zone and now back home with a depleted defense, depleted forward group. So you got communication errors all over the ice, potentially defensively tonight with a lot of different players and different positions and Spencer Martin and net. I think it adds up to goals. Panthers Canucks over six and a half minus half, minus one twenty uh, for my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us live on youtube hit the like button uh, on the way out if you haven't already we appreciate it a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple podcast spotify stitcher and iheart radio download the ice guys podcast when you can't watch the show live we have 11 NHL games coming up on Saturday and we are looking forward to breaking those down for you tomorrow noon eastern uh, make sure you join us for that for Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis I'm Ian Cameron have a great Friday night enjoy the games and good luck and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.